All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to Make It Plain Wayne, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So for today's topic, let's go ahead and get into it. I quit. I quit. I quit. (laughs) And I don't know why people quit their jobs. I don't know why they quit their respective teams in the NBA, the NFL, uh, uh, you know, why they push an early retirement. You know, are they going out on a good note or are they going out hurt, injured on a bad note? You know, I don't I don't know. And I don't know all the reasons for why people will finally say, you know what, I'm 59 and a half. I'm 60. I'm 65. I'm, I'm you know, so and so. And I'm, I'm going to retire, you know. People quit and remove themselves out of the equation for several reasons. Is it money? Is it something personal? Or is it who we're working with? You know, and and it can really hurt us over time dealing with either one of those for too long. And if if it's a money issue... That's easy to understand because the whole world operates on a system of currency and money in some way. And when we don't feel like we're getting what we deserve, it is hard. It is a little distracting to to do better, to do your job, Um, because it might not always be money. It might be favoritism. It might be a, a gift. It might be a status. You never know what people really want. So maybe it's money, maybe it's currency, maybe it's a title. The other is is personal. It might just be personal. I got to get out of here because this isn't what I really want to do. This isn't where I really want to be. I got to get out of here because I'm being pulled towards something else. And you know what happens? We have career changers and we have, you know, the ever addicting bite of entrepreneurship. If somebody bites you with that entrepreneurship and you shake it off, you'll probably never bite on it. But if they bite you and it takes over and you become an entrepreneur vampire, you know, there's great gifts, but there's also great curses. (laughs) And we know that. So, you know, last but not least, the the ever popular phrase that I got to learn, uh, this is one of, uh, you know, one of my first jobs, I believe, after college, um, one of the gentlemen I was working with, a good friend of mine, he just said, people don't quit jobs, they quit managers. So I took offense to that because I'm like, <laughs> what could be better than this job? This is the greatest job. I got a job. I got money. I got benefits. I can do whatever I want now. I got a job. I'm grown. So, <laughs> you know, it. you come from a schedule where you have, what, eight? six, seven, or eight people telling you what they need from you. And if you're doing great, you know, you're not going to say anything. If you really like your school, if you really like your teachers, you really like the way everything's going, you won't say anything. You'll just say, well, man, it's sad. Like, this is one of the greatest chapters of my life. It's sad that I got to graduate now and get out in the real world. You, you like, you're like sad. It's heartbroken if you really love the college arena and the college experience. But there are some people that don't 
for some reason, you know, it might be a teacher. It might have been losing a specific game <laughs> in a national championship, uh, track meet, debate. Something might have happened to where getting a new job is an added stress. So when you get into the workforce, the work world, and you have your eyes open and you get hit with that reality, it's, it's like, whoa. So for me to be excited to get a job and then hear that people don't quit jobs, they quit managers. I assume, <laughs> I assume we're always talking about a couple years ago. I always assume that that person saying that is talking about a couple years ago. Never did it occur to me that sometimes people that have been around the block a few times are talking about maybe somebody that we're about to work with. So this is something that kind of bothers me. And I really wish it was something that, um, you know, management took a lot more serious. Now, you can't make everybody happy. I realize that you can't make everybody happy, but on the same token, what do you lose by finding out specifically what type of happiness you need to be aiming toward? What do you lose? And here's my point. We have statistics and research that companies have hired and built companies on to tell you how to do better. If I say this tire only lasts a certain amount of miles, you're going to know that this tire is or is not for you. If you're a heavy commuter and this tire only lasts for 12,000 miles, 2,000 miles, whatever it is, if you're a heavy commuter and your average commute is over an hour drive, it ain't for you. But if you live downtown and you only drive 12 miles a week, then yeah, this is for you. This is just research. There is nothing emotional based about what I just said. It's just research. You can buy shoes the exact same way. You can shop at Sam's or Costco the exact same way. You can go to grocery stores the exact same way. They don't have this product. It has nothing to do with feelings. It's just statistics and research because if you look at those statistics and research enough you'll know I'm about to manage this team I'm about to manage these people maybe I should pay attention to all the things that managers do wrong you're gonna hear it every day what an employee does wrong how an employee can do better how an employee can earn more money how an employee can do these things retention is a part of that in management retention is important if you hire 10 people and all 10 people leave that year, when you have other managers that have people for 10 and 15, the common denominator points back to you. So let's do some statistics. So when my dear friend said that people don't quit jobs, they quit managers, it was the first time I'd ever heard that. And it broke my heart because my, wait, what? There was a, an apostrophe I mean, that was plural. You said managers. Like, it, it keeps happening and it's happened. So now I'm scared. I'm like, well, I guess I better keep my guard up <laughs> in case I run into that manager. Statistics. Why people change jobs. 
75% of workers who voluntarily left their jobs did so because of their bosses and not the position itself. People don't quit jobs, they quit bosses, parentheses. I'm sorry, quote, unquote, end quote. (laughs) In my mind, I put it in parentheses. So if you've seen Horrible Bosses, if you've seen The Office, if you've seen Office Space, or any type of show or movie that deals with people at work, Boomerang, it's like one of my favorite ones. It is the fastest, easiest route to understand where you will fail or where your skills will do great. Like, man, I'm going to do great at this. And where, man, maybe I need some help at this. I mean, you're going to learn and see that if you just watch it first time just for, you know, amusement. And then the next time, watch it with the a pen and paper out. And if something bothers you, if a person bothers you in a movie, that's going to happen to you in real life. I can almost guarantee you. And I also heard a phrase that we, we hate things in people that actually resemble something in ourselves, which I think is true. It's like an unrefined discipline or, or a lack of understanding in a certain way. So let's go to when managers are uncomfortable. Let's let's look at the statistics on that. When managers are uncomfortable giving feedback, 69% are uncomfortable communicating in general. 37% are uncomfortable giving direct feedback slash criticism about their performance that they might, you know, get a bad response to. 20% are uncomfortable demonstrating vulnerability, you know, sharing mistakes and, you know, what they've learned. Hey, I really messed up on this report or, hey, I really didn't get out to, you know, do coaching or one-on-one or team building or whatever it is. I really didn't get out to do that this time. And and you have my word. I'm going to do better on this. 20% are uncomfortable recognizing employees' achievements. Come on now, it, you're here to do a job. If you, can't, if you can't tell these people what they do well, often, where is the incentive to work for you? We all can go make money. Drug dealers make money. Stunt doubles make money. <laughs> Police make money. Firemen make money. We all make money. There's people that risk their lives to make money. We all make money. But if you can't speak to the direct thing that you're managing... I mean, if it's units moved, shipped, built, produced, sold, okay. (laughs) 20% are uncomfortable delivering the company line in a genuine way. So that's company direction, chains and plans. We're going to wear different uniforms. We're going to wear different colors. Uh, We're going to move down the street. Uncomfortable. 19% are uncomfortable giving clear directions. 16% are uncomfortable crediting others with good ideas. Mine. All mine. Has to be mine. Can't share any ideas. If something good happens and it came from, oh, no. 
that was all my idea. And, and when you go to the top meeting, you take, you know, and I understand, you know, if you've ever read the book, 48 Laws of Power, you take credit for everything that's great. You completely distance yourself from everything that is not. The blame is always somebody else. The praise always goes to you. I get it. 16% are uncomfortable speaking face-to-face -face rather than email. Now, this is something I can, you know, honestly say this as a millennial. I'm a young millennial, you know, which makes me feel like I'm kind of cute. The, the, the art of speaking face-to-face is both a dying and, as, as time continues, increasingly valuable art. So it's like, <coughs> excuse me, it's a dying art, but at the same time, it is increasingly valuable. Being able and knowing how to talk to people. So I brought up millennials for a reason. 66% of millennials are expecting to leave. 27% are expecting to say to stay. So of that 20%, 27% that are going to stay, 8% don't know what they'll do. 11% would never leave. Eye of the tiger. They're going to run up the stairs in Philly. They're going to fight for you, live and die for you. 11% is a lot, but it's 11%. Like, wow. So is that more of a reflection on the millennial or more of a reflection on the nature versus nurture? 5% will be there more than 10 years. 11% will be there 5 to 10 years. Another 11%er. 22% are only going to give you 2 to 5 years. 19% are going to give you 1 to 2 years. 12% are going to give you six months to a year. And then 13% are going to give you less than six months. It's like less than six months? That's, I don't even know what your footsteps sound like coming down the hall, man or woman. I don't even know what your perfume or cologne smells like, you know, after six months. Or do you? I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know. But six months, six months. And so what that proves to me is you have a group of people that are saying, essentially, this is how long I am dedicating time and energy to this place. Now, that could be a reflection of them as a person. I'm not going to call it laziness or them being too sensitive I'm not going to call it that because in reality, it could be that they understand the world and the market and they're not completely buying into a company or a reality or a structure because they understand the companies and the structures out here today. So it's, it's really hard to know who's right and who's wrong. Like the way I was raised, you go to a company and work with that company period. You retire from that company, period. And being able to work a couple places over your retirement, not so bad. But nowadays, 
it's almost bad to have 15 years at a place. Some hiring managers think that that makes you less marketable because you only have skills from that place. It's like the exact opposite of, of what, we, what we're supposed to look at in a marriage. Like usually you think you just marry this one person and that makes you golden and, and the faithfulness and the people that hop around in our busy bodies, they tell you that they're lacking commitment and that they're saying, no, we like that they hop around. We can use that. Three jobs in the last 15 years is more valuable to us than a person that's worked one job in the last 15 years because they have skills in this, they have skills in that, and they have skills in these other things as well. Six months. Wow. That's, you know, it is what it is. These numbers exist whether I like them or not, whether I feel good about them or not. If I had, if I had people leaving me every six months, I would start reading online, like statistically, like, what is this? If I've got half of my team that won't move, that absolutely loves me, and the other half of my team, they're just like, I'm out of here. <laughs> About to head out, <laughs> SpongeBob. I'd want to know, especially if this is consistently happening. One area, locked up, great. You know, my people in New York, great. My people in Texas, not so much. Or the people in Texas love me, but the people in Cali don't. So what, like, what is it? My North Dakota people are, are absolutely loving me, high-fiving me every chance I get. Like, I love it. My South Dakota people aren't. North Carolina, South Carolina. Like, why can't I have both? What am I doing wrong? So the communication issues that prevent effective leadership. Let's do the statistics on that. 63% are not recognizing employee achievements. 57% are not giving clear direction. 52% are not having time to meet with employees. 51% are refusing to talk to subordinates. Come on now. 47% are taking credit for others' ideas. Gimme, mine, selfish. 39% are not offering constructive criticism. How are we going to do better? 36% are not knowing employees' names. 34% are refusing to talk to people on the phone or in person. And then 23% are not asking about employees' lives after work, outside of work. Now, we're talking about managers, right? Earlier, I said that 16% of managers are uncomfortable speaking face-to-face -face rather than, you know, they'd rather use email. And 19% were, you know, uncomfortable giving clear direction. Now, let me ask you this question. If in a, hundred, a room of 100 people, if 19 of those managers are represented as that 19% that are uncomfortable or 16% that are uncomfortable... How many people are underneath that manager? So out of 100 people, if only 19 of these people represent the, the management core of the U.S., if only 19 of them are uncomfortable with this, 
the other question we have to ask is how many bodies, how many minds, how many people are they connected to? Well, if they have five regional managers under them and those five have 20 people on their team individually, now what they're passing down and what they're uh, giving is a, a break in communication. We're not effectively communicating. And those of you that are on this level, if you've been on that level, I'm not talking about you. I'm really not. Because I believe you need to be on that level to really trash talk somebody on that level. This is clearly hypothetical. But these numbers, like I said, exist whether you like them or not. So it, it, it is just a numbers game. So if, <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's focus it on me. Let's say 19% of the month, I go out and walk. Well, if 19% of that month is me walking, you know, that's just a little bit more than, you know, five days. So if I walk five days a month, that's great. Now, am I walking a mile during that time? Am I walking five miles? It's, it's not very much. You know, if I'm just walking a mile five days a month, that's not very much. So, you know, 19%, it's not very much walking. If I, if I want to get what I want to get out of my body and get in shape and run. I'm a runner. So of course I love running. So I got to do it more if I, if I really want to get the true impact out of it. So last but not least, why do people change jobs? Now, contrary to what many managers might think, most of their employees who voluntarily leave the company aren't doing so for better pay or benefits. About a third of employees, 32%, choose to leave for career advancement or promotional opportunities, while 22% cite pay and benefits as the reason they're heading for the door. One in five, 20%, depart because of a lack of fit to their role, and managers who experience a rash of turnover might want to take a hard look at their own management style. 17% of employees leave because of management or general work environment. And I have this nice little chart here. And if you haven't taken the time to look this stuff up on your own, there are charts and graphs and statistics out there. You don't have to believe any of them. You don't have to believe a thing I say. I could be lying through my teeth about everything I'm saying. That doesn't bother me. What's real is people looking for jobs and places like Career Builder, Monster, Indeed, and hot jobs and LinkedIn getting more buzz. So do we need more awareness to these jobs? Or is there something maybe we could be doing internally to you know, keep and retain the people that we've got and treat them well? So I don't know why those engines were created. Was it out of an outcry for help? Or was it just simply because of our tech age, our ability to connect one thing to another better now? So was it 
out of a scarcity, out of out of t- terror. <laughs> did these things come out of terror, or did they come out of you know just pure brilliance? I don't know, but. You know, I'm, I'm going to step aside from that for a second. Hearing that people quit jobs, you know, people don't quit jobs, they quit managers. Once again, is it's maybe one of the harder messages that, you know, you get bodied up by, you know, especially, you know, someone like me. I. I'm a, I'm a homebody. I get relaxed and comfortable very easy. I want nothing more to have the paradise of being able to love my job and, and work, you know, 10, 20, 15 years. You know, unfortunately, like, where is that place? <laughs> I chat with my friends and they'll go on and on and on about these statistics. Somebody took credit for their work. Somebody doesn't like what they're doing. They're too good at this. They're too good at that. Or now they're taking on double the work, double the teams. So for me, all I have to do is turn on the news. If a company is letting 500 people go, are they getting let go by the job or the manager? (laughs) So, you know, it's, Everything is a numbers game and how you produce greatness and productivity, you know, that that's that's really up to you how you want to gauge that, look at that and determine that it really is up to you. I just know that. People can lie. Characters can lie. Marvel Comics, DC Comics can lie, but numbers never lie. One plus one still equals two. And the real heart of this message, what really made me want to do this message is because I do see it in those three areas. We have athletes that retire that have done better than the people that they came into the NBA or NFL then. And you boo them during their last game or games. They did better than their counterparts but you cheer on the guy that's going to destroy his body or his knees for a couple more seasons. And like, I remind you, like, let me remind you, you know, some of you out there that don't understand whether you're an athlete or not, bad things can happen to you. These athletes aren't abused and beat up because they're getting old. It's because they continuously pound on their body question. How much can you bench? How much can you squat? You can only do a certain amount of weight at a certain time. That is not because you got old. The body has limits. Now, if we're talking about birthing children and, you know, sperm count or ovaries or menopause, like, yeah, that is age. Yeah, there's going to be a time when Like, no, I don't want to try to make kids. (laughs) Like, if I'm 92 or 100 years old, like, I'm sorry, y'all. It's my time to sip my tea and sit on the porch and relax. Like, that's not child-making time. Now, hey, I'd love to be able to have that ability in my hips and my body, and I pray for that. 
But age is not the reason why these athletes are beaten and broken down and busted. Look at the industry. Look at what they're doing. Like I said, I'm a track athlete. I love running. I love all of it. How much do I have to pay you to go out and put on shoulder pads, a helmet, and hit you so hard one time that the only thing that will help you is marijuana? How hard do I have to hit you? <laughs> How much do I have to, I'm sorry, pay you to do that? To you that one time how 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 much do I have to pay you to have achy knees from 37 to the rest of your life now keep in mind if you weren't on the basketball team track team football team and you weren't athletic and you think that these guys are you know crybaby divas that just want too much money well yeah of course they are. They're entertainers. That's what entertainers do. They get money to perform and, and be a image or an idea that you are not. And they can, well, the president and the GM and the board can make lots of money off of that. Yeah, they are. They are the divas. They do want money. They do want all this stuff. If you have a healthy body and a good body and you feel good at 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, you don't need to waste time with yelling about a football player's money or a basketball player's money. Just go have a good life. But for me, seeing these guys quit and say, I want to go do other things, I want to raise my kids, or I'm going to go off and have kids. I, I know a few runners that are just like, you know what? I'm going to hang it up and go have some babies. Good for you. And like I stated in that earlier statement, you've got people that quit for personal reasons. You've got people that quit for financial reasons. And you've got people that just quit because they don't like the boss, don't like the manager. Uh-oh. And I know this personally in my management experience. You don't take the manager hat off. There's, there's a, a superiority. There's a high hat that you wear. And even if somebody sees you in public, yeah, you're in public, but you're technically still their manager because you're still getting that paycheck from that company. So even if you see them out and about, you can't really befriend them and talk to them the same way you would, you know, the people that you maybe go have beers with or a couple of drinks or uh, a confession and, and, and give a, a honest, you know, revelation of, of what's going on in your life. You know, so everybody's going to have one of those three things. And that's why for me, when I when I say people leave for a personal reason, it's funny to me because the the giant and monster of entrepreneurship is hitting people so hard. And it's largely because I don't want to say because they're in the wrong work field, it, they're getting bullied into it. And it really makes me wonder, how much should we like our job? How much should we love our job? And then there's younger companies that are taking information like this and sprinting full speed with it. I remember being on vacation in Jamaica. We're talking to uh, people. If you don't know, if you go to Jamaica, 
it's not just Jamaica that makes you feel like a minority. You're there with people from Cuba, from Russia, from Great Britain, from Ireland, you know. There, there really aren't many Americans there. And they're having, you know, red stripe beer. It's delicious. You're having that Blue Mountain coffee. It's amazing. And just in conversation, we're talking to people and we're talking to people from the UK and, and people from Ireland. They're like, yeah, we'll be here for another week. I'm like, huh? I, I think most people that I know have maybe about two, two to two and a half weeks of vacation time stacked up each year. Now, I'm not saying I want to be gone that long because that's, you know, that's our addictive personalities. Um, we don't want to be away too long if you're kind of a workaholic like me. But wow, what kind of a work-life balance does it give someone knowing that they get to come back to their job after being in Jamaica or Turks and Caicos or Ireland or wherever they travel for two weeks? What kind of a work-life balance does it give someone knowing that they can have the year off for maternity leave and the husband, the, the dad gets almost as much time in paternity leave? Now, because I'm crazy, you worry about what's happening at work when you're gone. Yeah, you worry. But you need that time away. You need you need that work-life balance. And one of the things um, that really hits me is that's what a manager really is. A manager really is your work-life balance. They take the work and they balance it into these people and how they're going to drive numbers, utility, efficiency, uh, uh, cost savings, spendings, sales. Uh, they drive that out of these people, but you have to be able to do it in a way that's HR appropriate. You have to be in line with unions. You have to be in line with these things to be able to manage so you don't get yourself in trouble. Um, one of the best descriptions of this is on one of Dave Chappelle's standups where he talks about mileage on a hoe. And you're like, what mileage on a hoe? What kind of podcast is this? Well, <laughs> he's basically saying in short, the 40 hour work week is all we can put on you because too much, you lose your mind. It's too much mileage. So a 50 hour work week, a 60 hour work week, an 80 hour work week, a 90 hour work week, what would be the number that would break you mentally? What would be the number that would absolutely anger all of the retention, you know, statistics and, and, and strategists? I don't know. So people talk about quitting. People talk about not quitting jobs, quitting managers. And for the most part, because I, I was a manager, I can understand that now, you know, and I apologize to anybody that I've hurt, anybody that didn't have a great time in, in doing the job because I thought I was fair. People still tell me I was fair and had a great time with me. They got mad at me for leaving. But you, you want to go on to do bigger and better things. If you feel like the management or lack of promotions are, are kind of drowning you, then yeah, it's, it's, it is sad. And, and, and in my personal story, I just, I wanted something else. It's just, 
I didn't see it in that role. So I was like, man, I, I got to go get it. I got to be a hunter now. So, yeah, people don't quit jobs. They quit managers. It's something that all management, if, if, if you know any manager, you love them, just go give them a hug. Just tell them thank you. Like, I, I really, if you came from a really rough spot, a really tough spot, just thank them for being good to you. Thank them for being great. And if you are a manager or have management teams and want to share this, please do. Please share share this information with them. There is nothing wrong with getting better. As a track athlete, the video shows it all. That's the one thing I actually love about track as a runner, as a hurdler. People say they hate running, but I absolutely love it because it allows me in my mind to break things down. I have 10 hurdles to run in a tent in a in a hurdle race. Those hurdles don't get mad at me. They don't get angry at me. They don't increase with inflation when, you know, the prices of homes go up, the interest rates go down. None of that affects the hurdles in front of me. They don't get louder, they don't get quieter. They stay in the exact same place unless you hit them. They aren't built and filled with the emotions that we run into um, that, that bother us, you know, that shake us up in people. You know, there's like a family, reun- a family reunion, a funeral, a barbecue, a work outing. And those people that you don't want to see, don't want to run into. I never have to worry about that on the track with hurdles. Now, I might deal with that stuff before I get to the track, <laughs> but to say that people don't quit jobs, they quit managers, it can apply to almost every NFL, NBA, major league, hockey, swim, track, tennis, golf, boxing, mixed martial arts. It can apply to so many arenas. And when we see these trades happen, we act dumb. Like, oh, why'd they leave this place? Why'd they leave this place? When you've been talking about leaving your job for 20 years, you've been talking about quitting your job for 20 years. You trash talk your boss and you won't even say a word to him. You're mad at Kevin Durant for leaving the Thunder and getting two championships with the Golden State Warriors. And then now that he's gone to Brooklyn, he's evil. He's the bad guy. Didn't you do the same thing? Like 10 jobs in 10 years? <laughs> so, yeah. Please spread this message. Like it, share it, love it. I'm hoping that's a benefit and a help to you all. I really care about you all. I really love you all. And, um, yeah, I just want to see you prosper. And, and hopefully it'll be less quitting of managers and more quitting of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you feel better. <laughs> and then you got to work on your retention, right? <laughs> but yeah, I want you all to be successful. I want you to be set up. I love you all. Hope you love me back. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. I'll see you soon.